You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday day after the Pelicans fall to the Golden State Warriors, 147-140. But you know what? This was a very close game. A seven-point loss here has to almost feel good if you're a Pelicans fan or even associated with the team if you're really looking for silver linings. This game has a lot, so we'll recap this game for you all, get you caught up to speed if you did not stay up late for one of those West Coast games, and then we're going to talk about what they said on the jump, or not the jump, on NBA Countdown over on ESPN yesterday. They had Woj on there, and he dropped some interesting hints about what the Pelicans' plans are this season, maybe even going into the offseason. So I'll recap all of that for you in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. All right, so it was a 147-140 loss for your New Orleans Pelicans, but that final score doesn't really tell you how competitive this one was. New Orleans actually had a 17-point lead in this game. They had a 16-point lead with six minutes left in the third quarter. They were winning. They were winning somewhat big. It's just the Warriors are the Warriors, and after that 51-point explosion in the first quarter against the Denver Nuggets in the game right before this one, and their continued domination the rest of that game, they carried it over. They can hit another level that other teams can't. It's just as simple as that. You know, they're the only team that can really beat themselves, and when they decide to turn it on or start to figure things out, no one is going to touch them, and that was just really the case in this game. New Orleans put up 39 points on Golden State in the first quarter. Had an eight point lead after one. Started with Anthony Davis being aggressive, getting inside early, trying to score in the paint. And you saw them kind of play inside out. New Orleans did exactly to start the game what you'd want to see, particularly for almost for the entirety of the first half. They were running in the open court. They were uh, looking down low. They were going after offensive rebounds. They were also then making kickout passes when that was taken away, which then led to extra passes around the three-point line, which found open shooters for good looks from three. And they actually made them. New Orleans shot over 51% from three in this one. They were 19 of 37 in the night on the night. Uh, and there was an NBA record combined uh, 43 three-pointers made in this one. Golden State, by the way, was 24 of 49. So there were a lot of launches from deep. New Orleans was connecting on them, partially because they were finding wide-open players. That's kind of how it is. Julius Randle was 3-for-3 from deep. Miritich off the bench in a shade under 29 minutes was 6-of-10 from deep. He finished 9-of-14 on the night, 5-of-6 from the field. 
five rebounds as well, 29 points in basically 29 minutes on 14 shots. Seems like he's starting to get his legs back under him, and this was a good performance, something you wanted to see. Darius Miller was three of five from the field off the bench, nine total points as well. Um, and Drew Holiday was four of nine. Drew, who was active early, aggressive Drew, the our favorite Drew Holiday, in 41 minutes was eight of 19 from the field, Four of nine overall, five of eight from the free throw line. He finished with six rebounds, seven assists, zero turnovers, and 25 points. Not too bad. Anthony Davis was 11 of 26 overall. He shot seven of eight from the field, uh, from the free throw line, 18 rebounds, seven assists, just two turnovers, three blocks, and he finished with 30 points. Each one more was even scoring when his three point shot wasn't falling, and he was one of three from deep. He finished seven of 13 from the field overall, 17 points. Said you couldn't have a quiet game from him. He chipped in 17. That's certainly going to get it done. This game did change, though, late in the third quarter. I said the Pelicans were up uh, 16 with six minutes to go, and then Steph Curry just decided to go straight up bananas, and he did. And he put in six straight three-pointers. He finished nine of 17 from deep on the night, 41 points on just 22 shots. When that's going, and they were contested shots too. This was not him just standing on the perimeter, the Pelicans not defending. This was them kind of getting up on him and him launching and still making them. You're not going to win very many games, you know, unfortunately. If you looked at their game the other night, they had a true shooting percentage or an e-field goal percentage above 70. Like, there's nothing you can really do when someone's hitting it that clip. When Curry decided to hit six straight threes, something he, we all know he's capable of doing. And he was doing it by beating double teams. He was doing it by beating traps. It, it looked like him back in Davidson playing Duke where they would throw a guy on him the second he crossed the three-point line in that um, NCAA tournament game. And then they double-team him like 30-plus feet away from the basket and he still shot it over those two guys and it still went in. And that's kind of what was happening here. He just had a monster game despite everything the Pelicans were throwing at him. And it's not like you can just leave him uncovered and do other things. You have to do this. And he just beat it. And it's sometimes as simple as that. I'm not even upset at this point. Uh, Draymond Green on the night was big for the Golden State Warriors. He had four points in that win over the Nuggets. He had 17 points in this. If he's going to shoot four of seven from deep and he has not been shooting well from three at all this year... Again, there's just not much you're going to be able to do. This is kind of how the Warriors make you feel. It's awful because you can go out and you can defend well. You can do other things well. And they're just still going to make their shots no matter what you're doing. And cool. Good luck. Have fun. They're, you're going to lose. And it's as simple as that. Again, nothing you can do, which is kind of disappointing to really think about it. It'd be nice to beat this team, something the Pelicans have not had a lot of success doing. Draymond Green, by the way, who hit four of seven from three, is shooting 27% from three on the season. That's kind of how this night went for New Orleans. Kevin Durant, 30 points, 24 shots, five of 10 from deep. They were 24, as I said, of 49, a shade of 49% exactly. New Orleans actually outshot him percentage-wise from deep, didn't nearly make as many five fewer that kind of led to it new orleans got 20 fast break points in this one only 10 turnovers but golden state's golden state when they turn you over they can get the ball and just run and score they had 43 points in the fast break yet new orleans led by 17 so this is kind of one of those losses where you just kind of shrug and just go okay they played pretty good defense they had pretty good offense 140 is their second highest total on the season 
What are they more? Are they really supposed to do other than maybe just don't play against the Warriors? This is a win against like 28 other teams in the league. Got 29 teams. The Pelicans somehow managed to play themselves. So I think this is just one where it's okay. You know, this is almost an expected loss. It's disappointing now that you're one and two on this road trip after dropping that winnable game to Minnesota. See how they rebound against Portland, against Memphis, two games that in theory they should feel okay about. If you can go three and two on this road trip, I think you're going to feel pretty good overall. So if you want to be part of the show, don't forget we have a Locked On Pelicans call in line, 504-321-0448. That's 504-321-0448. Call in, leave a question, we play them on the podcast, get what you want to know about the Pelicans answered, or just leave your take on the team. Again, that number is 504-321-0448. So ESPN had a slate of games yesterday, including the Pelicans-Warriors game later on in the evening, but that means they run NBA Countdown out there before that, and they had Adrian Wojnarowski on there to talk about all things NBA, but he came on and they asked him specifically about the New Orleans Pelicans. If you didn't watch this, it was before the um, Celtics-Raptors game, which is a pretty good one, and they kind of talked all things Pelicans and what Woj's insight, and he did specifically mention how he's talked to general manager Dell Demps, and they asked him what this team's trying to do at the trade deadline. Are they looking to sell Anthony Davis or other things? And his answer was basically no. He said this team, the Pelicans, are still looking to improve. They're very much going to be buyers at the trade deadline as opposed to sellers. And that's something we've kind of all known all along. But Woj kind of did casually drop in there how he did talk to general manager Dell Demps about it. Um, when he often doesn't kind of mention it's more of a sources type of thing. But there he was a little more candid. I don't know if it was an accident or what have you. But they're, of course, looking to be buyers at the trade deadline. We know they look to trade for Jimmy Butler. I'm sure they've called about Bradley Beal, though I don't think that's happening. I don't think anything's happening from Washington. I've no doubt they've called Atlanta about maybe Jeremy Lin, Kent Bazemore as well. And look, don't be surprised if they get in discussions with the Memphis Grizzlies who are maybe looking to move a guy like Mike Conley or Marcus Gasol, less so him here in New Orleans, but maybe Conley as they look to kind of rebuild as their seasons really started to hit a steep decline and and they need to kind of figure out and maybe get off some of the salary if those guys want out of here. Or if Gasol wants out, then you certainly want to trade Conley with him. So this team is looking to be buyers and to add more pieces and to try and improve. Woj then went on to say, which is I think maybe the more interesting thing, and again, not really a surprise though, and that's that Rich Paul and the Pelicans have not had any real substantive talks about Anthony Davis and his future here in New Orleans or elsewhere. He says AD is focused on playing with this team and getting them healthy and seeing what they can accomplish. I know a lot of people want to feel like he's made his decision or feel like he's made his decision that he's going to LA, but maybe it's not as easy as that. Maybe it's just uh, he's focused on this year. He's not thinking about it. And at the end of the season, whenever that is, he'll take some time to really think about his future. He'll still take meetings with teams and other things. He's a restricted free agent. We know the Pelicans will likely offer him the Supermax or whatever contract he wants. Maybe he doesn't want the Supermax and wants a shorter-term deal. They'll offer him that too. It's whatever he wants they will basically offer to him. One-year deal? Sure. Two-year deal? Sure. Five-year deal? Sure. Whatever you want, Anthony Davis. But it sounds like the talks, 
you know, haven't really happened. And some of the leaks earlier felt like they were maybe trying to force the Pelicans to make, get, uh, make an early decision on Anthony Davis that, you know, maybe if we just trade him now, we can get more for him since he's under contract for longer. Uh, but I don't think anything needs to be really worried about that. Maybe you can look at the flip side of this and say it's a concern he hasn't talked to the Pelicans about AD's future or that Anthony Davis hasn't really communicated to his own team, who he's around on a daily basis, what his future is. And maybe that means that he does want out and plans on leaving. Who knows? You know, I think right now you can kind of look at this as in, okay, he's just focused on the present and that's that. And I think that's kind of a good thing potentially for Pelicans fans. So I think this is just, you know, nothing new necessarily, but it's just more confirmation that he's kind of living in the moment, which isn't a bad thing here. Then they had Stan Van Gundy on there who absolutely killed the Pelicans after this for their defensive efforts throughout the season. And he wasn't wrong. You know, I talked about it, I think, yesterday on the podcast where the Pelicans in the second half are a top 10 defense. They're a bottom five defense in the overall. They try after the halfway mark of games, maybe because Gentry gets to them and talks to them or yells at them or chews them out or what have you. But they are capable of really good defense here. They rode that defense after Nikola Mirotic. Um, was traded to him last year to a playoff berth. That's what it was. It wasn't necessarily as much the playing fast, but also the really good defense that they played during that period. They're capable of playing very good defense. They don't always come out and play very good defense, though. They did against the Warriors last night. So Stan Van Gundy says, look, you've got talent on this team. You've got Alfred Payton back healthy. You've got Miritich back healthy now. These guys just need to actually decide they want to defend other teams. And he's not wrong. But they do, I want to push back on it a little bit, because they do defend just in the second half, the third quarter, the fourth quarter. They don't do it for the first two quarters necessarily, or the first quarter really at all. And that's kind of been a problem. Until they can start putting together complete games, they're still going to be this up and down team. When they put together complete games, that's why they're not being panicked to trade Anthony Davis or rush to make a a major trade or, or add another piece right now, because they feel when they're at their best, that they are a very good competitive team, and we've seen it. I think going up 17 on the Golden State Warriors shows it. The opening night win against the Houston Rockets shows it. So they're going to kind of be patient a little bit still here, but the clock's ticking. It's 21 days to the NBA trade deadline. Something's going to happen. It's going to need to happen now. You know, there's being patient, and then there's being maybe a little too patient, and you miss things that pass you by. So that's the recap of what went down on NBA Countdown on ESPN last night. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.